0: How you guys doing? Everybody awake? I don't know about you, but when I came out of my house this morning, that uh, chilly 14 degrees kind of got my attention. What is up with that? So good. Well, I am looking forward to talk to you guys today. We are in week five of our U-turn series. And if you weren't here last week, you missed an amazing service. You know, Pastor Joel talked about temptation, and I know that most of us don't struggle with temptation, but for those of us that do, a phenomenal message. And, and so he talked about shortcuts, and shortcuts is defined as getting what you want by compromising your values, Trying to get what you want by compromising your values. And so as I thought about shortcuts and as I thought about our series of U-turns, I couldn't help but think of uh, growing up in rural, uh, just outside of Moncton, and and all the illustrations and, and metaphors of driving a car were just coming to my mind because in the country, you pretty much drive before you can even walk. And so, um, you know, and so I don't know about you, but is there anybody here that enjoys a good road trip? Now, I know my wife, uh, you know, if I was to tell her right now we are, we are going to leave after service and head to Toronto with our four kids, she would be so excited, right? She just loves a good road trip. But uh, maybe a more important question that I want to ask is, is there anyone here in the audience that you can read a road map? Is there anybody here that you can still read a road map? Okay, this is um, you know what I gotta say that uh, I am so fortunate you know I I, you know the Bible talks about how God has put us here for such a time as this, and I believe that God has allowed me to be born in a time where we did not need roadmaps, because my wife and I are terrible with directions, and early on in our marriage, uh, we were uh, going to take a trip must have been for our anniversary maybe our first or second anniversary we were going to head to Montreal. And uh, fortunately, our vehicle had onboard navigation, okay? So you can put the address in, and literally, you don't need a roadmap. Well, what's interesting is, um, you know, I don't know, how many married people do we have here today? Quite a few, okay? Well, this is early on in our marriage, and so, you know, I'm going into this trip with lots of, you know, amazing ideas of how great it's gonna be and, and how wonderful it's just the two of us and all this. And as we get into Montreal... There's a few ingredients on a road trip that you don't want to come together, okay? And a couple of those ingredients are one, fatigue, okay, followed by hunger, thirdly, traffic, okay? And fourthly, when you're lost. That will tell you just, it will test your marriage and just how great of friends you really are in that moment. And I can remember it that my GPS kept saying, make a U-turn if possible. (laughs) And it continues to repeat that while you are tired, hungry, stuck in traffic, and now you're arguing with your wife. And all I can remember is, make a U-turn if possible. (laughs) And uh, so navigation sometimes isn't always your friend in those moments. But today I want to talk to you about U-turns. Because I believe that if you've spent any amount of time on this planet, you have learned that life sometimes throws some curveballs. And sometimes we need to be able to make some adjustments and possibly make some U-turns in our life. Would you agree with that? Sometimes we get focused on, on all kinds of different things and we miss some exits and some markers along the way and we, it requires us to take a U-turn, and that's what I love about uh, the gospel message, is it's a message of hope, and that God never gives up on us, and He is the God of the second, and third, and fourth chance. And so today, I wanna to talk to you about U-turning our faith. Look at the person beside you and say, U-turn your faith. Ooh, that was a little quiet. All right. Say us just a little bit more energy, a little bit more passion. Okay, say you turn your faith. A little bit better. That's good. You see, I believe that God can do amazing things in our life when we give things over to Him. And so today I'm going to talk about a, a, a chapter, a, a book called Hebrews in the Bible. And we're going to look at Hebrews 11 and 12 found in, in Scripture today. Hebrews 11 and 12. And so to give you a little bit of context on what is happening here, which I think is so important, the writer of Hebrews is writing to some Jews who have just converted to Christianity. So they are new Christians. Okay, and so this is who he is writing to in this scripture. And you see what's happening is is these new Christians were used to a form of following the law and following religion and very much performance-based in order for God to accept them and love them. And the, the, the writer of Hebrews is saying he is encouraging them to stay with their faith and belief in Jesus, that Jesus has already paid for all of your mistakes, all of your failures, And you need to keep your eyes on Jesus and not go back to trying to earn your salvation. Does that make sense? Okay, so he's encouraging them here. And as I read that, it reminded me of kind of where we're at today, in a sense, in part of our our culture today, where it's very much centered on ourselves. Kind of like, you know, the iPhones and, you know, iPads and selfies. Come on, somebody take selfies here. You know what's interesting when we take a selfie that I've noticed is that when we take a picture and we look at it who is the only person that we look at when we check out the picture it's us and so we live in a very selfish driven society and the problem with that is is when we become too focused on ourselves when we become too focused on ourselves we start to feel like we don't measure up and we start to see all of our insecurities And I believe that God wants us to not focus so much on us, but to focus on Him. And so that is where we're going to go today. And I believe that my prayer is, is that God is going to be able to give you something that's going to help you on Monday. Amen? Is there any responders in the house here this morning? Somebody that's helping me this morning? Football season, football season is coming up, and football is a game of receiving, and the quarterback can lob them, but you need to be able to receive them. And I want to hear a response of audience because I believe that God has something for you today. Are you guys in Hebrews yet? <laughs> Hebrews 12, chapter 1 says this. If we can pull it up onto our screen. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin which so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance, the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. See this right here, it says therefore, somebody say therefore. Therefore. Whenever you see therefore in scripture, You need to go back to what the writer has said previous to this to find out why he is making the next statement. Does that make sense? So he makes a statement. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, so we need to go back into the chapters before to find out why he is making that that statement. And so let's go to Hebrews 11 verse 1. And let's find out what the writer is talking about. And so, remember he is speaking to some new christians and he's saying don't turn back don't give up this faith that you're believing in they're new they're new in their walk with god and what this is all about and the writer is trying to encourage them to say don't give up don't throw in the towel and so he's here to teach them what faith is are you guys ready for this check this out hebrews 11:1 1 says now faith is somebody say now faith, now faith. why is that important Because he is trying to teach them that faith is right now in this moment. It's not yesterday's faith. It's not tomorrow's faith. It is now faith. And they have come from a culture where they have to try and earn their salvation, earn their right for God to love them. And that takes time. And the writer, I believe, is saying, it's now. It's faith in God now. You do not have to wait. Come on, somebody. We think that we have to wait for this time where God is going to do something with our life. And it's time for some Christian to say, you know what? It is now. It is today. It is the moment that we have been waiting for. Come on, somebody. Right? <laughs> faith is now faith. And he's trying to teach them. He's saying, faith is an assurance. It's a title, to confirmation of things we hope for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's a conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. Do we have any teenagers here, any millennials, any Generation Zs in the house? Let me help you understand what faith is. Faith is kind of like Wi Fi you can't see it, right? You can't feel it, you can't touch it. But what does Wi-Fi give you? Come on somebody, what does Wi-Fi give you? Access to everything that your phone can get, can it not? You can Google anything, you can talk to your friends, you can turn the heat up in your house, you can do amazing things through Wi-Fi. Can I tell you that faith is the same thing? Faith is the same thing, that it gives you access to all that God has provided for you. And that's why it's important that we read this book so that we can understand what we have access to. And here's something that I thought of, okay? I'm going to try this out. How many have ever been to an airport or or another big facility where you go to log on to your Wi-Fi? This is tricky, okay? Okay. You log on to Wi-Fi, and you think you're going to get free Wi-Fi, right? You're so excited, right? You've got to wait three hours for the next plane, and I'm going to go on Wi-Fi, and I'm going to check Instagram, right? And you're so excited. But what happens? As you log in, you realize that it is password protected, and they want you to pay for your Wi-Fi. Come on, teenagers. Isn't that one of the, like, the worst like, feelings ever? What does that have to do with anything? I wonder if that is kind of like what religion tries to do with us. Where we think everything is free, but then all of a sudden somebody says, no, you've got to act this way. You've got to perform this way. You've got to put your time in. Come on, somebody. We've got to try to earn it. And we wonder why people leave because they feel like they never measure up. When faith is supposed to be free and clear access to God, for wherever you are, right where you're at, God loves you today. And so, I know what somebody's thinking, because this is probably what I'd be thinking. Okay, this is great, this is a salvation message. This is you know very simple, like where are we gonna, you know, can I tell you that faith is more than just salvation? Salvation is just the beginning, which is the most important. But while we're here on earth, God has a mission and a plan and a calling for our life that requires us to walk out this faith. And so the same is for us, is that we have to recognize as Christians, whether you're new here today or whether you were here on the first day, that God has a call for your life and he has giftings and abilities for you to do to reach other people for Jesus faith is now. And so if I was to give you guys three steps today in our message cuz I don't know why but in messages we like to do three steps. Okay? Step 1 would be we have to choose to live our life by faith. You see, we have to choose. We can either choose two options. We can either choose to trust God or we can choose to trust the circumstance that we are facing. And I I tell my kids this. I try to explain to them what faith is. Faith in God is choosing to believe that he he is who he said he is. And he will do what he said he will do. And every day, we have that choice to make. We have to choose every day to live our life by faith. Or we can choose to live our life by our circumstances. And again, we all have things that we're going through today. Some of it's financial, some of it's health, some of it's relational. Can I be honest with you and let you know that my life isn't perfect? I got family in the room, okay? They can tell you. My life isn't perfect, but I have to make a choice that I can either believe the situation or I can choose to trust God that he is at work on my behalf. And I can take the promises of God and speak those over my life and begin to see those things Things change in my life. Can somebody say, now faith? Now faith. All right? Now faith is. All right, so uh, let's move on uh, to our next verse here. Let's check this out. Why don't you guys help me out and say, "Now, now faith? It's time to make a U turn in our faith and trust in God today. right so let's go to our next verse in hebrews 3 and it says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed fashioned put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of god so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible and i can't take a lot of time here today but there's a lot of debate and people discuss over creation and how we came here and how, what this thing all means, and what's our purpose in life. But I just want to say this one thing, that if we can be convinced that creation did not happen, then we can be convinced that there is no God. And so that's why it's important, parents, that we talk to our children about God. We talk to them about a creation, and we point them in the direction of, of just how beautiful this world is, and that God created it. And look for moments in your everyday life that you can teach your children about God. Can I hear somebody say amen to that? All right, so let's move on uh, into Hebrews. And I want to I show you something here that I think is so important that the writer is doing here. So he started out in Hebrews 11.1 1, talking about faith. But I believe, and so he's painting this picture of what faith is, but now he's moving on to share some stories. How many people like stories? I love stories. I am a story guy. And what stories do is they draw us into what's happening. And stories have a way of sparking faith. When we hear of what God's doing in somebody's life, what does it do? It causes us to start to believe a little bit more. And so the writer in Hebrews is doing just this. He's saying, guys, listen, I know you're being persecuted. I know it's tough. But I want to tell you some stories of some people who have gone before you, who have done some amazing things, and they never gave up hope. Are you guys with me? All right, so he begins to tell some stories about some other amazing people of faith. And and if you've never grown up in church or been around church a long time, these names aren't gonna sound familiar, but I grew up in Sunday school and so I know all the stories, but I'm gonna try and give you just a glimpse of of who these people are. In in Hebrews 11, verse seven, it says, prompted by faith, Noah. Do you know what Noah did? Noah was the guy who built this, what we call a boat, before there was ever such thing as rain? Because God prompted him and said, there's going to be a flood on this earth, and I am going, I want you to build a boat so that all your family can be saved. How ridiculous does that sound, guys? It's never rained before, right? Do you know how many people laughed and mocked and ridiculed him? My son, I don't know why this came, uh, if he heard me talking about this, but he asked his grandmother the question, how long did it take Noah to build the boat? Does anybody know the answer to that? 100 years. Anyway, just a little bit of trivia for you guys. 100 years, long time for people to poke and make fun of you. But he was prompted by God. Urged by faith, Abraham left a country, left where his family was, to go to a place that he didn't know because he was urged by God that he was going to make him into he was gonna make him into a great nation he was gonna make his name famous he was gonna have so many offspring that you couldn't even count he, he God urged Abraham to move his country move from his country leave his family and as I read that I thought of you know how many people here today that we're that we're seeing move to Moncton and move to our church and that's their story they're stepping out in faith because they believe that this is where they are supposed to be and uh, you know just this last Sunday uh, there was a, a a young guy that that arrived here from Honduras first Sunday last week and he's been watching online for months What's been happening here at, at service and has decided to make monkton wesleyan his church and so when he arrived here the the next few days he is in church and so all week long he has been he's been tasked with something pretty big okay i don't know if i could handle this but he had to get a car he had to get an apartment and get things set up because his family's coming here in two weeks isn't that amazing and so uh those of you who have helped them this week around the church such a big deal but abraham was urged by faith because of faith, Sarah. Sarah was the woman in the Bible that was 80 years old and had a baby. How crazy is that? Right? With eyes of faith, Isaac spoke a blessing on his sons, Jacob and Esau. With eyes of faith, who here today, you have, you have seen some things out in your future. God has shown you a glimpse of what things are like. And the temptation is to give up on those things. Can I tell you today that sometimes the promises of God aren't in your lifetime, but they're in your lifeline. Let me say that again. God will show you some things that may not be in your lifetime, but they're in your lifeline. They could be in your kids. They could be in some, some young guy that grew up in your youth group. Come on, somebody. And God is allowing you to see those things so that you can have faith to believe it today. Prompted by faith Moses, his parents concealed him. Those of you who know the story that Pharaoh was killing all the baby boys, throwing them into the Nile River. And his parents, prompted by faith, concealed him in like this wicker basket and put him in that river hoping that somebody would find him. And what's so amazing about this story is Pharaoh's daughter finds him. How crazy is that? He's the one who's put this, commissioned this law, and his daughter. So can you imagine your daughter finds this baby and wants to keep it? Guess what happens? You're keeping the baby, right? And so that is Moses. His parents concealed him. I just want to say this to parents here today, that it's our role... TO BE ABLE TO CONCEAL AND TEACH AND TRAIN OUR CHILDREN IN THE WAYS OF GOD. TO TEACH THEM RIGHT FROM WRONG. COME ON SOMEBODY. THAT IS OUR ROLE AS PARENTS. WE CANNOT BE NEGLIGENT IN THAT ROLE. MOSES'S PARENTS CONCEALED HIM, PROVOKED BY FAITH, IRRITATED BY FAITH, MOSES. HE REFUSED TO BE CALLED THE SON OF PHARAOH. So. Follow the story. Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses and takes care of him and raises him. Moses had the best of everything, but he had a call of God. God spoke to him and said, I've got a call on your life to lead your people, the Israelites, out of bondage, out of slavery. And so he was so provoked by that that he said, I will not be called a son of Pharaoh. I will do what God's called me to do. Can I say this? Be careful to not answer to what people call you. Come on somebody, that'll preach right there. People will label you and call you that you can't measure up, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not talented enough. Come on somebody. But you cannot answer to what people call you moses refused to be called a son of pharaoh so i said all that to say this that number one we have to choose to follow god by faith number two let me ask you this question what are the promptings what are the urgings what's provoking you what's motivating you today that god is calling you to do Because I believe that as Christians, we are to be led by the Holy Spirit, that He is stirring and calling and creating, calling us to things bigger than ourselves, and those are happening in us. And I want you to ask yourself the question, what is He calling you to today? What is He calling you to today? And so I want to go to my third point. Motivated by faith, He left Egypt. Remember, I want to remind you that these people are not perfect people. Sometimes it's easy to think that God only uses perfect people. Noah was a drunkard. Sarah laughed at God when she told him that that, that she would give a baby at like 80, birth a baby at 80 years old. She laughed at God. Moses, he was a murderer. He killed somebody. You know, he doubted God, but God used him. And I want to encourage each and every one of you today, don't disqualify yourself by the mistakes or the choices that you have made, that God can use you right where you are at today. And so let's let's move on to our last point. And I want us to look at Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verse one and two. This is right where we started, okay? So remember, the writer, he's taken us on a little journey, and he's taught us about what faith is. It's believing in things you can't see, hear, feel a touch, but believe in God, the, the things that he's put inside of you, that conviction. So he's teaching them about what faith is, okay? Then he shares some stories of men and women of faith, Okay? But here's where we're going to go. So now he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, okay, those are the people that I just talked to you about, okay, let us strip off and throw aside every unnecessary weight. I have a confession to make. They say that as, you know, as communicators and anytime you're talking, you need to be able to connect with your audience and be relatable. And so I feel like I need to be able to be transparent and share with you something. That over the past 12 months, there's something a little ironic that I've noticed that has happened and shifted, okay, and it's been quite alarming, okay. But over the last 12 months, I have gained eight pounds. Okay, And so that may not seem big and scary to you, but, you know, if you do the math and multiply that by 10, okay, I will not be able to wear skinny jeans, you know, by year five or so. And so those of you who know me, you know that I am such a detailed and analytical thinker and studier and all those things. And so I've done a little research. Okay, and I began weighing myself in the morning and at night. Research concludes, and I've backed this up, okay? I've backed this up. I Googled it just to make sure. Okay? Wikipedia says this, which leads to, again, to my research. I've realized that I weigh more at night than I do in the morning. And so it's true that you gain three to four pounds throughout the day. And so I've quit weighing myself at night, okay? That's one thing that I've done, okay? Just to keep the best number, okay? Um, and, And to be truthful, I have implemented a few small things into my routines to try and be more active and healthy to just try to keep that under control, okay? But as I read this scripture, let us strip aside, let's strip off and throw aside every unnecessary weight and that sin which so easily entangles us. It got me thinking that in life, we tend to pick up some weights. And a lot of us are carrying a lot of things in our life that we weren't intended to carry. Life is tough, right? We go through some really painful times and some difficult relationships and some setbacks. And I'm not so sure that we realize it, but we're carrying some extra weight and it's slowing us down and it's robbing us of our passion. It's causing us to doubt whether God can use us anymore. And there's some sins. And again, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking with you today. That it's inventory that I am taking for myself because I want to be the most passionate, God-seeking person on the planet. And in order to do that, we have to be honest with some of the things that we're carrying. And I want to tell you today that I am so thankful for the opportunity I have to be able to speak this word of God, but don't ever think for a second that I don't have struggles and I don't have challenges and things that I have to overcome. And so when it talks about sin that tries to trip us up, a lot of times we think of sin and we categorize bigger sins and smaller sins and, and you know, stealing and adultery and all these things are sin, but I think when we just boil it down, sin is simply things we do things that we do to replace God in our life. And so I I want us to be honest with ourselves today and allow the Holy Spirit to be speaking to you right now in this moment. What are some of the things that you're carrying that you've hung on to that you haven't let go? Because I believe that God wants you to make a U-turn today. First of all, put your trust in Him. Listen to the Holy Spirit. But number three, number three, check this out. I'm going to go to the next verse here. Let us run with patient endurance. You see, that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to be runners. Runners are fit, they're healthy, right? Patient endurance, steady and active persistence, the appointed course. Oh, we could talk about this all day. But we're trying to run somebody else's race. We haven't been called to do that. It's so important that we know what we are called to do. God has an appointed race for you to run. But it gets better. That is set before us, looking away from all, looking away from all that will distract you to Jesus. So many distractions so many distractions in today's culture here's where i want to land who is the author and the finisher of our faith bringing it to maturity and perfection what does that mean jesus wrote the book on faith think about that for a moment He wrote the book on faith. And so if we are to become the people God has called us to be, this writer is again talking to new Christians and he's saying, take the focus off of you and put it on to Jesus. He wrote the book. He faced it all, the shame, the ridicule, but he wrote the book on faith and he is the perfecter of our faith. He is the perfecter. He is going to help us perfect our faith and bring it into maturity. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want for my life. I want to become more mature in who God has called me to be. I want Jesus to be the perfecter of my faith. Could I have everybody... All over this place, just stand. I believe that God is, Holy Spirit is, is just speaking to us individually in our own way, in our own situation today. And I don't need to tell you what's going on in your life, but Jesus is in the house today. And if you're here today and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you haven't fully surrendered your life to Jesus, can I say that now faith is? Today's a good day to make that decision and say, now I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. If that's you today, would, would you be so, so brave to put your hand up and say, today I... I want to accept Jesus in my life. I'm tired of putting my faith in my career, in all the things, in my finances, and all the things that I think is important. And I'm ready to give my life to Jesus today. And whatever that means, I don't necessarily understand it, but I know that I need Jesus in my life. Is there somebody here today? Oh. Let's never get comfortable with people receiving Jesus and making him Lord of their life. But I pray that as a church, we would become more hungry to see more people receive Jesus. Secondly, for those of you that maybe have been carrying some weights Maybe there's some sin that's tripping you up. I want to invite our prayer team up right now. Because I believe, again, now faith is. Faith is now. That God can make a U-turn in your life and redirect you, and He can take those hurts. He can take those things off of your life. We sang today about the God of miracles I believe that God is a miracle-working God, and we access that through faith. And so I wanna encourage you today, if you need something from God today, to start making your way up front. We're gonna sing this song called, Jesus at the center of it all. And as they sing that, I ask that you would respond to what the Holy Spirit is asking of you, not just for yourself, but for the people in your world that you need to influence. Let me, let me close in prayer. Continue coming. God, I thank you for the Word of God. God, it has the power to truly transform our life, our future, our relationships, our health. And I pray that as a church, Today, God, we would dare to have now faith. And that we would step out into face some of our fears. And we would make a choice to trust you. And we would focus our eyes on Jesus today. Thank you for what you're doing in our church and in each individual. In Jesus' name we pray this, amen.